0: Home Rants Podcast is brought to you by Reaper Apparel Company. Reaper Apparel offers a casual line of superb fit, finish, and comfort. We design for those who refuse to die slowly and choose to live untamed, for those who aren't afraid to face the dark, for the ones that thrive in it, and for those who can appreciate life through a grim lens. That's Reaper Apparel Company. Go to the link in the description of this episode, use the promo code Mike Bono and get 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by my own personal merch store, the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. I have hats, I have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, water bottles, notebooks, you name it, I've got it. The description and the link for that will be in the description of this episode. Also, right now, if you use the promo code WELCOME, I will give you 5% off of your first purchase. That's the Stupid Should Hurt merch store. Also, the Rod Home Rans podcast is brought to you by Tactical Brotherhood, all American-made apparel, which helps support the Second Amendment. You can also find all this in the description of this episode with the link, Tactical Brotherhood. Part of every proceed does go to helping veterans, as it is a very good cause. All American-made products, made right here in Minnesota. Go and check them out. Use the promo code PATRIOT15 to get 15% off your purchase. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. This is, as always, your host, Mike Bono. I have a great guest for us today. I'm going to try to get all of his accolades in in one breath here, but I doubt I will. He is in the YSU Hall of Fame. He was a baseball player. He's also played for the great Jim Trestle. He's started countless Hall of Fames. He's wrote for the YSU Vindicator. I know I'm leaving a bunch of stuff out, but we'll get into all that here. Greg Goulis joins the show. Greg, thanks for joining, buddy.
1: Thank you, Mike. You read that just like I wrote it.
0: (laughs) Not a problem. So first and foremost, I got to know, what was it like playing for Jim Trestle?
1: Let's put it this way. I was the sports information director for Trestle. If I played for him, that would mean I I, I was playing football. And I've not played football except in in, in 10th and 11th grade. And uh, believe me, I was no good. You could take the ball out of the air. I can't tell you how many dimples in a hockey puck there are. So. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you know what I mean, working for Trestle, uh, it was an experience. I mean, he came in and we had some down years <laughs> under Bill Narduzzi. Bill Narduzzi was a great, great coach. He took us to the 1979 division two Bolt championship out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, I worked with Doozer for five years and Jim Trestle for 10 years. And, uh, there's a reason both are at the top of their game because they're both excellent coaches and excellent people.
0: See, I knew I should have fact-checked Falcone's uh, stuff there. He said you played for Trestle, but then he told me you were a baseball player. So, you know, I I should have fact-checked that off the the rip.
1: I'll tell you what, I played baseball for another legend, Dom Roselli. And if that strikes a bell with anybody, Dom was the baseball and basketball coach here at Youngstown State, the winningest basketball coach in history here with 589 victories, won another 610 games after he restarted the baseball program here at Youngstown State. Um... Dom was a was a great guy. I probably learned more about life than I did about baseball, and I learned a lot about baseball from him too.
0: Well, hey, I think that's part of the part of the allure of playing sports, especially at the next level into the college level. Is you you know you don't just learn about the sport; you learn life lessons that you could take with you into your careers and everything like that. Uh, so. I know you had an extensive career, but this is one thing I I need to know because I feel like you're, you're living the dream. I heard you finally have retired and you've started, uh, babysitting some grandbabies. What's it like being retired and kind of living the grandpa life now?
1: In, In March, it'll be 11 years since I retired. When I retired and I went to Louisville high school as the athletic director, our good friend, John Falcone was my assistant down there. And, uh, I'm a firm believer that you've got to keep your mind occupied. I still work the jumble out in the morning. I'll do some word searches and, uh, you know, do some puzzles and stuff like that, because uh, I, I, I fear the, um, the dementia part of life. And I don't want that to happen to me. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But not because I became a couch potato and didn't try to do anything. Uh, that being said, uh, it's been 11 years. It will be 11 years in uh, February, at the end of February, that I retired. I spent 35 years at Youngstown State, first 17 and a half in sports information, where I was the sports information director. Then I moved over to student activities and worked for the president, uh, Dr. Cynthia Anderson, uh, one of my great friends. And uh, I can tell you, both areas were very, very fulfilling with me because you deal with students and, you know, Mike, your business too, you know, you being a stand-up comedian and and some other stuff that you do, we get to meet people that we never would have met in ordinary life if we (laughs) weren't in sports, doing comedy and and just being
0: uh, around people. Oh, absolutely. I've met so many phenomenal people that I never would have guessed I would have been able to meet just from doing stand up. That's you know one of the one of the perks of my job. It's not just making people laugh. It's the connections that you make when you're out on the road or you're you're doing a show or anything like that. It's it's phenomenal just the amount of people that I know. I mean, I was going through my contact list just the other day, just kind of looking at it. At first, it was like, man, I can't believe I have this guy's contact, this guy's contact. And along with that, even doing this show here for the past two years that we've done, I I mean, I've gotten so many different contacts. Um, Robert, um, not Robert, uh, oh my God, I just lost his name. Boxer from Youngstown. Robert
1: Kelly.
0: Robert Kelly. Oh, Kelly Pavlik. Kelly Pavlik. Yeah, Oh, Robert Kelly. Why was I thinking Robert? I don't know. Uh, maybe I should start doing some word searches and stuff like
1: that. Well, no, I, w- I will tell you this much. There's a book that, he, that a guy did here about five, six years ago on the boxers of Youngstown, Ohio. And you're not going to believe this, but there's 2,500 that he put in his book, found their record out, be they pro or amateur, Boxing is a mecca. Youngstown is a mecca for boxing. And, you know, we produce several world champions. You've got Kenny Sigurani. You've got Kelly Pavlik. You've got Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Yeah. You know, there's quite a few over here that uh, have risen to the top. But Boom Boom and, and um, Kelly Pavlik are the two undisputed ones because they were the um, uh, all all boxing divisions, IBF, IBA, uh, WBO, WBC. Uh, they they were unanimous uh, champions.
0: Oh, absolutely! And just yeah, I didn't know there was that many boxers in, in Youngstown. So that's that's actually, see, you taught me something. That's that's what I love about having people on this show is I always learn something from somebody. Every
1: day we learn something. If we don't, we better quit, Mike.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So uh, you mentioned, you know, you were uh, the SID there at. Um, Youngstown, Youngstown State, um, and you also worked, you know, for the activities. Uh, I believe those two kind of intersected at one point in time. You were doing both. How did you balance both of those?
1: Well, you know, here is the deal. You, 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 I was a fraternity guy when I was in school at Youngstown State, so I had to take over the fraternities and the sororities, and it, it wasn't new to me. At least I, I, I knew who they were on campus and what they were all about, and you know, if they sometimes get a bad name and. You, you hear these things about hazing and all that other stuff. I'm proud to say that there wasn't a hazing incident under my watch for 17 and a half years. Uh, not to say that somebody probably didn't, uh, you know, have too much alcohol or something, but you know, that goes along with the social aspect of life. But, but the deal is, uh, both are social areas of the student experience. Okay. In athletics, you're going to school, but you're also releasing, your uh, your abilities on the athletic field in student activities, uh, the fraternity uh. and the sororities were just a part of what I did, and they are the ones that each one has a philanthropy. They are responsible for raising money for that philanthropy. We had one uh, sorority, Zeta Tau Alpha. They are the Pink Ribbon Classic. Okay, that's breast cancer mm-hmm. research for the uh, in in October. They were featured on Good Morning America while I was there. They raised over 150000 with a dance-a-thon because one of their sisters was a dance instructor, and she got everybody from the state involved that came down here on one Sunday and just performed and Good Morning America picked that up and, and came down and gave us a big plug. So uh, kids are amazing. They they taught me a lot of stuff. Plus, we oversaw the organizations, which were over 200. We did leadership programs. I was able to bring several good, good concert people in here. We had three doors down. We had uh, 98 Degrees. We had Joe Cocker, and uh, we also brought in uh, Grand Funk at the end of their thing. So it, uh, it it's really fun, and you talk about people you would never ordinarily meet. I when we were on the road and I was doing basketball, I had to keep the scorebook. Well, I'm keeping the scorebook at Middle Tennessee State University in the uh, the Ohio Valley Conference playoffs. We're going to play Middle Tennessee State, and they had they they gave me the microphone to hand to the woman who was going to sing the national anthem, and that woman was Dottie West. <laughs> where where would I ever come in contact with Dottie West? <laughs> right.
0: That's phenomenal, but I, I I gotta tell you I'm I'm actually a uh, fraternity member myself at Bethany College. Uh, Who are you? So I was uh, Delta Tau Delta. We actually okay, had
1: I was, I was a, a Gamma.
0: We had we had a Zeta uh, chapter there. They were still the breast cancer awareness. We I was actually part of the philanthropy for Delta Tal Delta uh, when I was there and it was um, something that they actually still run to this day one of the things we kind of partnered up together and in the summers in the springtime when it was warmer in the fall we would always have a chicken cookout and we called it eat a breast save a chest and they still run that to this day and I, and I just thought it was something that was pretty catchy and I just thought it was you know kind of a funny name to have for a name and it, it I've been out of uh, out of Bethany for 10 years now, and they still run it to this day, and that, that's something I'm kind of proud of.
1: That's beautiful. And, and you know what? They don't seek any type of uh, uh, publicity, but the publicity, because of what they do, seems to find them, and that's the best thing about it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, I do got to ask you this, because I know Zoom is wonderful in telling me we're almost <laughs> out of time here, uh, but... Um, you said you, Johnny Fiddy Falcone had worked under you as an uh, assistant to you at Lowville. Correct. What was that like working with Johnny?
1: Well, let me tell you what. Falcone was uh, he was there before I got there, okay? And he was doing a lot of stuff. He was a football coach. He did a lot of mm-hmm. stuff at the basketball program. He did track and field. So I want to tell you, I kind of learned the ropes at Lowellville with him. But my good friend was the superintendent, Rocco Nero. He was also on the OHSAA Northeast District Board. Now, I could either sit down and watch Hallmark movies all day, or I could get up and go and, and work. And I was a part-timer, but I, I was working 30, 35 hours a week. Loved it. The good thing about John and I was we shared duties, okay? I said, John, I'll do the men's thing. You do the basketball for the women. I'll do the uh, uh saturdays you do the tuesdays or whatever we worked well together and i hope he told you that because we we really did i thought he got a bad shake over there he should have been the athletic director when i left but uh probably did him a favor because he moved on to do some better things
0: oh yeah um johnny has been nothing but talking highly of you i was actually pretty excited for this uh for this interview here, and just you know, he he sent me over your resume, and I was like, man, we only have like a half hour in that and forty-five minutes. I don't think we're going to get everything in in that time frame. Um, He's really a good guy. I mean, we
1: keep in touch. Tell him I get a lot of his uh, spam
0: meals, so tell him to clean out his filter. <laughs> absolutely, will for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted um, to get—you uh, also have involvement with uh, stone uh, the hall of fame coaches. What is that
1: like? Well, it's funny you would ask that because I'm putting together the list of the nominees. We are going to pick the hall of fame class for 2023 tomorrow. I've been writing every bio for them since 1989. And I've chaired the committee, the selection committee since 1994. It's about members of the Mahoning Valley area, which includes Columbiana County, Trumbull County and Mahoning County. And you could be either, either an athlete, an administrator, uh, you could be Ron Jaworski, who's from Lackawanna, New York, but you played bat football at Youngstown State University. Uh, anybody that has a tie with this area is eligible. You have to be at least 40 years old. And we have put some, I don't know if you know much about the Mahoning Valley area, but you've got baseball players like Dave Dravetsky, who played with the Padres and uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and yep. also the uh, the San Francisco Giants, who had his left arm amputated because of a fibrous tumor. I played baseball with him at Youngstown State. We've had uh, football players make it to the NFL. Uh, probably the most, uh, the, most the, the three that you would know, are Ron Jaworski, later who was drafted by the Eagles, take that back, drafted by the Rams, went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles in the early 1980s. Paul McFadden was our place kicker, who also played with the Giants and the Eagles and also the Atlanta Falcons. And Jeff Wilkins, who played with the Rams, they were the St. Louis Rams at the time, who went to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. So those are the three most prominent names that you would know. Um, we've had uh, only one basketball player make it to the NBA. but Back then, it was the NBL. Back in the 30s, it was a guy named Leo Mogus. So uh, the state, we call it the state of the Mahoning Valley. Uh, Eddie DeBartolo Jr. is the owner of the 49ers. That family's from Youngstown, Ohio. His sister now owns them, and they also owned the Pittsburgh Penguins when they were winning Stanley Cup championships. Uh, we've had pro football players. Uh, we, Youngstown is the only city in America in the NCAA to have ever had a Heisman Trophy winner and a Lineman of the Year in the same year. Now, there have been Lineman of the <laughs> years and Heisman Trophy winners from the same city, but in different years. The year was 1942. Bob Doug was the lineman of the year, played football at South High School and then was a unanimous All-American at Notre Dame. And the Heisman Trophy winner was from the University of Georgia, Frankie Sinkwich, who was also a Cheney High School grad over here. Youngstown is the only city in America that can boast of a Heisman Trophy winner and a lineman of the year in the same year
0: that's amazing I, I actually do a lot of work in Youngstown I, I've done plenty of shows in Youngstown right, the
1: funny farm F- comedy club with Dave Rogage
0: I have not been to the funny farm yet I have been hounding them and hounding them and hounding them to put me on their stage and uh hasn't happened yet but uh I've hit a lot of the local bar scenes there and I do a lot which of ones that. uh the tipsy cow is probably my favorite uh, one that I've done there um in Youngstown and it's this little hole in the wall, but I, I love it. The staff's phenomenal. The, the crowds are always great. I mean, there was one incident, but I mean, it really wasn't, it's was the bar show. So we, we expected like this wedding party came in and was just talking over the microphone. I mean, it oh. became every comedian set was to make fun of these people coming in and talking over us the whole time. But I mean, it made it, it was still a fun show. Still,
1: as long as you're not like the movie Roadhouse where they put that uh, little screen in front of you and they're throwing beer bottles at you and breaking them, but it's not the glass is not hitting you, you're okay,
0: yeah. And haven't had that happen yet, uh, so <laughs> fingers crossed. I've been doing it 10 years and haven't had that yet. So, uh, well, the
1: curbstone Coaches, is what I'm trying to say is honoring those people from the Mahoning Valley. And, and I'll tell you another story, uh, we have we laid claim to a guy by the name of George Shotgun Shuba, whose book I actually wrote. It's called My Memories as a Brooklyn Dodger. He played for the Brooklyn Dodgers on the last 19 uh, on the only World Series winning team in Brooklyn in 1955. But he is credited with the first interracial handshake. It's called a handshake for the century when he shook Jackie Robinson's hand in the minor leagues. Now, this is the minor leagues in 1947. Not it was before the year when, when Jackie and 48 broke into the majors. Okay. But in 47, they played for the Montreal, um, Montreal Royals, they played the New Jersey Giants. And in his second time at bat, Jackie Robinson, Homer. Well, Jackie Robinson is rounding third base. The on-deck batter is George Shotgun Shuga. What does he do? He goes to the plate and he shakes his hand. The umpire turns his back. The first base umpire could care less. And the teammates, the teammates for the Brooklyn Dodgers are in the dugout. They don't even welcome him. And, you know, that's all because if you know anything about Youngstown, it's a very diverse community. You have Italians, you've got Slovaks, you got blacks, you've got Puerto Ricans. You've got everybody of, of all walks of life. And George went to school with black people. The- so the deal is he's my teammate. George says I-, I could care less if he was technicolor. He's my teammate. I'm going to shake his hand. And that When you're put on notice and you do the right thing, you have nothing to worry about.
0: Absolutely, that's.
1: was a phenomenal guy. You can add his name to a, a, a footnote in baseball history. He was the very first National Leaguer ever to hit a pinch hit home run in the World Series. Yogi Berra was the first with the Yankees, and here's the similarities. Yogi Berra was a catch. He wore number eight. He batted left handed, and he hit his home run, which was the very first ever. But he was an American League ball player. He hit his home run at Ebbets Field, home of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Shotgun Shuba, an outfielder, wore number eight. Matt Lefty hit his home run in Yankee Stadium off Valley Reynolds in 1952.
0: That's phenomenal. But, hey, Greg, we are running about out of time. I want to give you this opportunity like I give every guest. Um, if there's anything you want to get out there, anything you want to promote, anything, or even if it's just a good message, I can only give you about 30 seconds. Uh, the floor is yours.
1: The message is this. Enjoy sports. Stay away from drugs. Have fun. Get high on life. But most of all, it's because of people like you and I who enjoy what we do. You can enjoy what you do as, as long as you work hard and, and you put your head and nose to the grindstone.
0: Hey, that's a phenomenal way to end the show. Uh, we are running out of time. I want to get this in. But that is it for this week's episode of the Ride Home Rants podcast. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated it. Really good to talk to you here. I'm sorry we couldn't get through everything that there was, and we lost Greg. But that's, as always, if you enjoyed the show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell them anyways. They might like it just because you didn't. That's going to do it for me, and I will see y'all next week. The Ride Home Rants podcast is brought to you by W Energy. Energy drinks made for gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike. For gamers, streamers, and podcasters alike, go to the link in the description where you can find the best energy drinks out there, less caffeine than a cup of coffee, also no jitters and no crash afterwards. Use the promo code MikeBono and get yourself 10% off. Also, the Ride Home Rents podcast is brought to you by my favorite sponsor of the show, and that is Shankit Golf. Golf apparel made for the everyday golfer. We might not go out and shoot a six under par. We're probably going to shoot a six over par, but this is going to give us the gear that's going to help us rock it on and off of the course. Go to the link in the bio. Use the promo code Mike Bono and get yourself 10% off there as well.